Play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. So first of all, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz, your favorite engineer and host on the PC Ones and Twos. And I'm here with Jackie Cohen, who tried to poison slash murder me in cold <laughs> Rosh Hashanah blood. <laughs> cold Rosh So I made Stanley... And Alyssa, I, I dropped them off slices of apple honey cake, which is traditional for Rosh Hashanah, and realized as I was handing Stanley the piece of cake that, that I made for him for that he goes into anaphylactic shock if he eats apples. And so Stanley calls it an assassination attempt. I call it an honest mistake. And if you know that I'm a good person and you love me because I am <laughs> handsome, you know that Jackie tried to murder me. But anyways, yeah, guys, yeah. we are not here to talk about whether Jackie tried to commit first degree murder or <laughs> second degree murder. We are here to talk about- My lawyer oh, is not here this week, unfortunately. Man, man, me. my lawyer yeah. <laughs> is not here. Yeah. Thank you very much. But um, guys, um, this is Stanley and this is Jackie here and we'll give you guys our social media handles in a second. But before we do, I wanna I want let you know, Selena and Alyssa are not here this week. We have a special guest who will be in here any minute. We want to surprise you, so we're not going to tell you who this person is. Selena is quote-unquote working, and Alyssa is actually working. So, you know... Selena's, like, in Hawaii, on the beach somewhere, like, taking it easy with Rihanna and Beyonce, like, having a slumber party and a pillow fight. Because that's Selena's job. She has the best job. And Alyssa is actually working, and thus our attorney is out, unfortunately, this week. But I'm sure we'll be back next week. Yeah. And that will be fun. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, guys, if you're wondering what we're talking about on the show today, I will tell you. We have a very interesting action-packed show for you. And if you want to have a conversation with us about those shows, you can do it in multiple ways. Well, you can call me at 212-650-6903, or you can tweet me at Stan Fritz. You can also Instagram me at Stan Fritz. Hit me up on Facebook Live because we're always there. And, of course, there was always the Snapchat at Dark Skin Swindle. Jackie? Just Twitter. Just follow me on Twitter. I'm Jackie Cohen. I am your political correspondent slash Nothing. guest host. I don't know what I am. <laughs> she couldn't Who am I? What am I Jackie. doing here? Um, and you can follow me. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Jackie Cohen. That's J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. Jackie's a loser. Speaking of Twitter, I've been trying to get verified for a year now. It's not working. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> is that a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys. Trying to get verified or blocked because you're doing one of those very successfully. <laughs> Jackie's always bullying me, guys. You should know that. <laughs> but um, we do have a really great show today, like I mentioned before. So for the first conversation, we are going to be talking about ta Coates' latest write-up, America's First White President. And what does he talk about? He's kind of talking about Trump, but he's also kind of talking about Bernie and Hillary and white America. It's an interesting conversation that I'm looking forward to having with you, Jackie, and also our super secret guest who is coming top here secret. any minute now. Super top secret, definitely. And it is not Selena Hill because she is not working. Because right she now. is in Hawaii with Rihanna and Beyonce. Right? Probably drinking like a virgin mar margarita, but also the margarita part of his virgin as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they made right. a double virgin. You're like, what? You know right. what I'm talking I about? I saw Selena, I think on Snapchat, posted a video of her doing karaoke last night. Oh that God. was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And it you was would think hysterical. she's drunk, but she's not. No. She, doesn't Don't, she is just at that level 100% of the time. I have seen her drunk, though. I'm impressed. Me, I don't believe you. I She will admit She will admit it begrudgingly. She had a sip of a friend of ours, Um, a, I think it was Screwdriver? Or, no, Amaretto. She had a sip of it, Jackie. And when I tell you, within five minutes, she was slurring her words. Actually, you know what? I saw Selena drink half a drink on her birthday uh. and then begged me to finish it. And I said, Selena, I can't. I'm allergic to alcohol, so I can't drink 
and then she said, Vodka. Me she, too. Goes, she goes, I don't care. Please just finish it. I don't care. It's my birthday. Oh, <laughs> uh, Selena, Selena. I miss you, Selena. Yes, but um, we're not here to talk about Selena because we hate you. So we we're going to talk about. Yes. Tanasi Coates article, first segment, second segment. What are we yeah, talking about? Yeah, second segment. So, so, guys, we're doing a bit of an audible. We were supposed to be talking about Donald Trump and his UN speech and, and like just like our relations with the UN and foreign policy in general. But because Donald Trump can't help but say things that cause all sorts of problems, we are switching gears and we are going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick and the comments that Trump has made towards him and other players who protest by kneeling during the national anthem. We'll be talking about how players have responded. We'll be talking about how the NFL has responded. We'll be talking about the NFL boycott, and we may even get a couple of interesting calls. I'll let you guys know how that goes. And then finally, we'll close in the segment out, the show out, by talking about the health care plan on the Republican side. Health care plan (laughs) 6.75.0, the next plan to destroy Obamacare and why it's probably not going to make it. We hope. I hope. Seriously. I mean, so many people will be left, millions of people will be left without health care. Um, and, you know, it's really scary. And every time we think it's dead, there's sort of a new bill that resurges. And, you know, it's looking like this isn't going, but hopefully not going to pass. Like there is hope. But, you know, it's a very thin margin. Um, we need just a few Republicans to to not vote or abstain or vote no. And so, you know, we have to ensure that we're well beyond the margin for this bill not to pass. So yeah, we'll see. So, guys, we do have to go on a quick break, but when we come back, we will be talking about Ta-Nehisi Coates, America's first white president. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I am here with Jackie Cohen, and our secret guest has just entered the studio from the top of the Raptors. Please introduce yourself to the radio masses. Hello, hello, everyone. It's me, Dariana. I'm like the resident substitute teacher. Everyone loves You're a substitute teacher. You're like the substitute teacher, substitute teacher mm. that comes in exactly. and like has candy. Exactly. And, like... and Hennessy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect because when you have a substitute teacher, you don't have to follow the lesson plan. Did you have substitute teachers that brought Hennessy? Like, what? I'm not here to judge anyone, okay, Jackie? <laughs> that's real, so that's maybe real. you should neither. That's real. Right, so, but we do, when a substitute teacher comes in, we can ignore the curriculum that, that the teachers gave us. Exactly. And we know Selena and Alyssa did give us a curriculum. Yeah, and we are did. literally ignoring the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of talking about Donald Trump and the UN, we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick, the protests, and Ooh. Donald Trump's war with blacks. I mean, with athletes, blacks. Anyways, guys, but first, we're here to talk about Ta-Nehisi Coates. If you do not know who Ta-Nehisi Coates is, it probably means that you are afraid to read The Atlantic, or you think that black people are just a myth you hear about when you watch Fox News. Fox News. Ta-Nehisi Coates is a famous writer for The Atlantic, and he also has two amazing books currently published Between the World and Me and, of course, The Beautiful Struggle. Tanahasi has been a very vocal activist and pretty out-there person who talks about racism and the institutions of race in America. He is also someone who kind of got back into endorsing Bernie Sanders when he wrote an article about the case of reparations and then asked Bernie Sanders if he thought that black people should be given reparations and where Bernie responded with a no. Well, recently, now that you got that background, Tanahasi, he put out this long-form piece called America's First White President. If you have not read it, you absolutely should take a second and read it. It is in the Atlantic right now. Make sure you get some coffee or some Hennessy because it is a long read, Jackie. On the Atlantic article, you can actually you can read it or you can, if you go onto the Atlantic page, listen to an audio version of the article as well for folks that don't like to sit and read but can listen to yeah. to long form 
I like stories. Me too. I do too. But sometimes, you know, I'm like on the train and it makes me yeah. nauseous if I'm reading. So I like to listen to it instead. So you could do both, which yeah. is great. Um, Jack doesn't like words. I don't time. like words. <laughs> too many there, words. Know, there's too many. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely, this is something that came out um, a, little, a little while ago, a few weeks ago. Um, but I'm half, really. I, think? I thought it was longer than that. I feel like longer. I feel like yeah. Oh. But I mean, it definitely is something that I encourage people read, and I'm happy I finally had the chance to sit down and read it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Ta-Nehisi, in this piece, what he surmises is that you could not, like, even though we have had other presidents who have been racist, who have been problematic, who have been just as, like, dumb and boisterous as Donald mm -hmm. Trump, i.e. Andrew Jackson, who have been as anti-black as Donald Trump, i.e. Woodrow Wilson, mm -hmm. who have had a, a certain lust for going at the people of color by using crime as a force, i.e. Richard Reagan. Nixon and Ronald Reagan, we have never had... And Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton, Hello, yes. let's not forget. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. We have never had a president who was the official white president until Trump because we have never had a president whose entire purpose of being elected and for running was to respond to a black president, to respond to blackness, to respond to all the things that Donald Trump has done. And within this person responding, you get to see the way that whiteness works in which it tries to defend itself or it tries to cover up for its own flaws. And Ta-Nehisi talks about all of those things in this amazing piece. Once again, guys, if you have not read it, please do read it and know that he has a book coming out in a couple of weeks, which I will be reading aggressively once I'm done with what happened. Don't judge me. So, guys, um, I read this. I also listened to it, even though I just judged listeners about two minutes ago. And I really want to jump into this conversation. But before I do, I just want to get, like, your initial reactions after looking at this. Jackie? I mean, I think it was so interesting to see sort of, like, the history of defending whiteness in this country and sort of, like, how, you know, unique and not unique at the same time, like, the world we're living in is and to see how entrenched in white supremacy our country is i mean it's really it's like the original sin of the united states as mm -hmm. so it's called and i i think that he really makes a strong argument for that um and i think it brought to light a lot of the hypocrisy that we see on the left and within the democratic party um he at one point you know he's talking he talks a lot in this piece about um identity politics which gets a lot of of um, which is really condemned now by a lot of folks on the left. Um, and he says, you know, like there's this idea of like raceless anti-racism on the left, which I thought was really interesting. This idea of like, you know, we're, you know, the left tries to align itself as the side of anti-racism, but mm. don't talk about race because it's not about race, right? Like you're, you're playing into identity politics. So I thought that was a really interesting point. And just, you know, it was a really powerful piece. Like I said, I encourage everybody to read it. Diana, um, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts. Um, I haven't read it in full. Blame me, please. Um, but just knowing his writing, Tanahisi, and um, reading Between the World and Me, excited to read his new book, um, and just being alive at this time yeah. and being black. I mean, I think the the title kind of speaks for itself, and Stanley kind of touched on it. We've of course had very racist and um, uh, terrible, not, not terrible, not terrible, but um, bad presidents and, as far as like being minority in America. But what Donald Trump brings and what we'll talk about a little bit later is just this, like it's just like in your face kind of complete whiteness that we had like other presidents have kind of shied away from. Right. We we only heard Nixon say the word nigger on tapes. You know what I mean? And like he tries not to say it out. Oh, well, he didn't quite say it out in public. So um 
it's I'm gonna read it and it's interesting. I encourage everyone else to read it and I'm gonna read a little bit more, but I'm excited to 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 read and hear his point of view. All right. Also, no more of that N word stuff. Guys. Oh, I can't. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, you succeed. Not even with an A. No. There's <laughs> <laughs> still loose at the end of that one. But anyways, guys, Zach, did you have something to add on to that? No, I think that's a great point. Like, there's. I mean, he he makes the point that like this is a president who is so mediocre, who's mm-hmm. so you know. I hate to say like unqualified versus like like he I don't like to get into that, but like obviously unqualified. But like you know, there's this whole debate like Hillary was the most qualified and blah blah blah. But like he is so unqualified. He's never held public office. There's all these things that like he just draws this great comparison in saying like imagine if he was black. Would oh he God. Ever become president? Well, no. Let, let's really talk about this for a little bit. So let's let's close our eyes and act like Donald Trump, the walking <laughs> empty condom filled with um that's covered on top on the top layer with with dog <laughs> crap and vomit okay. was a black man. And that black man got on stage and that black man said, you know, I am tired of letting all these Mexicans into our country and they don't belong here. And then that black man had three wives and that black man had made comments about possibly having sex with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Called his daughter a piece of ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, said, imagine a black man running for office saying I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and they would still elect me into office. I mean, like, mm. it's so clearly like that would never happen. J- imagine know, a whenever. black man in your office doing that, like where you work and your, in your business, if, black, if a black guy came to you and you hired this guy mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to grab you by your, your box right now. What you going to do, <laughs> beloved? Like, what did you like? You know, how far would he get with employment? Not, not very far. But I don't know. I mean, men, that's a men-woman thing. So I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a lot more guys are saying that. Um, you know, like a lot of guys came out and said, that's locker room talk. Like, that's yeah. how guys right, talk. Like, right. you know, Donald Trump's just saying what we usually say. So I, I, I don't mean, know. I'm I not can in those show you my room. group chat. I mean, I won't show you my group chat. Cause it's I want to see. I know there's, there's some, some, well, some filth in there. Okay, some TNA. <laughs> oh, man, but we don't, we don't talk like that. But, <laughs> but just imagine a black man saying, imagine a, 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 a Latin man saying that you know what's really interesting i i watched um obama they asked obama last year at a presidential of whatever um to crown town forum what he felt about the protesting because obviously it started last year and he was so peace is an issue i have a little obama but he was so pc about it like it was just like i believe that everyone should have a right it was just he had it's when you have to be so pc and donald trump is like kick those assholes off the earth can i not curse at all just no don't. Person. Okay. <laughs> it's really difficult for me. Um, well, kick those sons of bees off the field and fire them. You know, like, Barack could never say that. Like, never. No, right. you're absolutely right about that. Sorry. So then, you know, so I think it's fair to say that we agree that a black person can never say this. A Latin person can never say this. A no. person of color can never say this. No. A woman could never say this. No. Hillary Clinton called him deplorable, and people are still giving her hell about that. <laughs> I know. And they are. Trump supporters are garbage human beings. They are. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Yeah. But they, she could not say that. And I'll probably get in trouble for saying this eventually well, as well. Even Ta-Nehisi Coates in his piece says, you know, I don't believe that every single individual person that voted for Trump is a white supremacist, but every single person who voted for Trump thought that they could put the country in the hands of a white supremacist yeah. in the hands of somebody mm. who has made himself known to be so you know and like what happened after charlottesville and his statements that 
really invoked a lot of anger from both sides, the left and the right. Um, I mean, like, he's been saying stuff like this forever. This is not a surprise that he sided with white supremacists after Charlottesville, right? Like, he is somebody who, like, entered the political scene trying to take down Obama by claiming that there was no way that he um, was admitted to the schools that he was without Mm -hmm. somebody writing his papers for him because how (laughs) dare a black man be that smart that he could, you know, be as successful as he is he's someone who claimed that obama wasn't born in this born in this country you know he did everything he could to like delegitimize obama before he even started running for office so i mean he has made his white supremacy known from the start um and those and and people knowing that elected him into office because they thought he'd be the best candidate so you believe he's a white supremacist in jackie Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, right? Like Let's I talk about this. I don't see when I think of white supremacy, I literally think of middle America, low income white guy joining KK. You know, like that's what I think of when I think of white supremacy. Like specifically those Charlottesville men right. who had the 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 nail and everything on. That's what I think when I think white supremacy. When I think of Donald Trump, I think of like some rich uneducated, ignorant white boy that grew up in New York. Like I just but think But that's of, what I think of as white supremacy, uh, okay. right? I think of white supremacy. It doesn't have to be so like like blatant yeah, as okay. it was in yeah. Charlottesville, right? Okay. Where they were literally marching with swastika flags, right. with Confederate flags, shouting, you know, we yeah. <laughs> basically saying we are Hail white supremacists, Trump, right? right. Um, I think of it as exactly what Trump embodies, which is this mediocre white man with all this privilege, with mm. the most power. He has the most power out of anybody in the world right now. Yeah. He is extremely wealthy based on just being his mediocre self. Like, that is white supremacy to me, okay. is this idea of, like, you know, Obama had to be more than perfect to get to exactly where Donald Trump is. Donald Trump ran the sloppiest campaign. He was, you know, like, he is a racist sexist jerk and like made that known from the get-go made Mm. no you know tried not to hide it whatsoever and yet he is now the most powerful man in the world well donald trump besides looking like a a pile of dirty laundry with condoms on it is a white supremacist (laughs) and when we talk about white supremacy we have to be clear about the definition it is any white person or person that believes that their race white but we'll use whiteness in this case is superior to other races because of like just like natural differences Donald Trump and everything in his behavior has shown that he feels this. The way that he talks about these communities. So when he talks about white working class communities as opposed to black working class communities, first of all, he doesn't acknowledge that there's a black working class. So he talks about black people in a lens of crime always. So these working class groups are always what we got to fix your communities because of crime, because of gangs. Meanwhile, some of the richest black communities like in the country are communities that he has to deal with all of the time. Mm-hmm. He is a white supremacist with the way that he passes legislation that, A, not, not addresses these issues of quote-unquote crime in a way that is helpful, but in a way that will systematically destroy black and brown families shows that he believes that they are underneath what he needs to care about and also something that must be destroyed because it is a nuisance. Donald Trump is a white supremacist and also possibly a child molester and also probably pretty much a rapist. And we should make sure we slander him in every way possible in the future. But like you know, I'm glad you're pushing back on that. Yeah. But since you don't necessarily believe that Donald Trump is a white supremacist, yeah. do you think that Mitt Romney or even Mike Pence is a white supremacist? And let's start with Mike Pence because he's VP. And that's a little bit different. So I also think that like, ah, I don't know if this is my Yankee mentality, right? But I just, <laughs> I believe that I just always equate white racism to the South, which is probably just my 
no, the what I've read in history books and just my mind being kind of, you know, molded and shaped in that way. When I look at like rich white guys, I just think that they care about green. Like that's the color that they see. Like if I was and maybe that's a, a issue, right? Because that's what I guess a lot of other black people think that if I make a certain amount of money, then they're going to respect me and they're going to look at me past my color. Maybe that is an issue that I deal with. Um, Do you and think that a lot that's of, true? I think that somebody like Mitt Romney, yes, more so than a Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. um, I think Mike Pence comes from a civil rights time where he made it very clear that he was racist. Um, and then again, he's from the South. So like, that's another well, thing for from, me. he's from, I think you might be thinking of just. Oh, just sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, all, they're all. The just I'm, the yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that other white guy. But I get just them all confused. Great. Mike Pence is scary first. Yeah. Mike Pence calls his wife mother. Um, real quick before we continue, Isn't he from guys, Virginia? I, he might be originally from Virginia, but he's, he lives in Indiana. Well, he used to live in Indiana. Real Listen, quick, before we continue, I want to get a comment from JM. <laughs> JM, who has an album coming out soon, by the way, guys. She okay. says, yes, Mike Pence is a white supremacist and F him too. Okay. So, well, I think at the end of the day, it's like, it's the argument that ta Coates makes that like, even like to be complicit in it and to benefit from it and not call it out, like labels you as one. Not everybody okay. is o as overt as Donald Trump, right? Like, <laughs> like he is shocking. Right. Um, and so I think a lot of people view him as just like so drastically different than the rest of the members of the Republican Party. But I think that they really led the way for his rise into power. I think that they certainly supported his claims and, you know, bolstered the like birther movement. Yeah. They like paved the way for him to step in there. And so right. he might not be as controllable as they would like him to be. Mm. But I don't think that his not. ideals are really so drastically different than the ideals of the party. So well, that's why I love Mitt Romney. He was so controllable. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, because he wanted power, so he would do it. Yeah, he did whatever. Yeah. But what makes Trump different then? Because, like Jackie said, the the right has pretty much been developing these the people that voted for Trump since Nixon. And they've kind of, like, been using this dog whistle language and dog whistle politics that has become, like, less and less veiled and more and more obvious until eventually you get Trump. So, like, what's different? What's the difference between a Donald Trump and a Republican conservative movement as an institution? I mean, I don't know. I think that, like, Trump is, he's so bombastic, right? He's so outrageous. And he sounds so ridiculous and dumb. He is not, you know, he's never held elected office. And so I think that, like, on the surface level, he seems to be just this, like, completely, like, new separate thing mm. that, like, is so different and, you know, so opposed to what the Republican Party once was. But I don't think that's really true. When you look at the Republican Party and, you know, when you look, I'm mean, not to, like, absolve the Democratic Party of, right, like, right. being this, like, anti-racist party. Like, there's, I mean, like, we discussed briefly, Bill Clinton certainly put into place policies that really hurt black people families black and black families, families destroyed mm -hmm. black families in yep. this country and so i mean i don't think you know i think that we're paying a lot of attention to trump's tone and the way that he delivers his message and his unpredictability but at the yes. end of the day like a lot of what he's saying i mean people republicans voted for him yes right it was it's still many republicans stand by him they're not like never trump right yeah. like they still stand by him when they get what they want from him right so i think that like a lot of the things that he's calling for a lot of his racist policies that he's seeking to enact are definitely supported by the republican party they're not anything new right i, I think it's it's kind of like this weird like the crazy cousin in the family kind of thing to me when i look at the republican party i think of them as like a family right this like 
white family in Maine off the lake, like <laughs> chilling. And there's this crazy cousin that comes in there like, oh, here's Donald again with his work, you know, but we have to support the family, right? Like, you know? I think that's and a good... so that's the, that's the way I think of it. It's like... Mitt was like the cousin that you want to be president because he's, the, you know, he looks like a football captain and he's like a, a nice looking, good white guy. He only has one rape on his Ex- Exactly, exactly. And so, but the crazy cousin Donald, everyone listens to because he's the one that speaks up. So it's like, all right, we're going to support crazy cousin Donald. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until yeah, yeah, yeah. he like does something completely crazy, we're going to support him up until that but point. But hasn't he done something so completely many, crazy? Like, yes. That's the thing. It's like, you know, what is the line? I don't know. But like, think about if we just i mean it hasn't even been a year it has not it even been that's year. what tanahasi says though too he says like th- these people like they care m- only about their whiteness right and there is yeah. no line that he yeah. can cross right. no when because, it affects them it will but they it, will but say even something then, because even the health care like everyone right. knows how bad it is they still support him i can tell you this for fact because i had the unfortunate privilege of knowing trump supporters who i can't just cut off as much as i try and you know <laughs> They're, like, I sat down and talked with somebody who had to go get surgery for cancer two uh-huh. weeks ago, and he said, I'm so sick of what these Republicans are doing. Thank God Trump is protecting us. This is, but that that statement alone lets you know that he has or he or she has no idea what is really going on. Yeah. When you make statements like that, that's clear that you have no idea what Trump is really doing. You know what I mean? You have no idea. I don't know. I think they no, do. No, I don't they think don't, they know. I think their whiteness is more important. But also, no, why would you say... No, not in your life. That's your life. But I think, mean, of, think about poor white people who try to perpetuate slavery even though it, it didn't benefit them at all. <laughs> like, white, this is what whiteness does. This is how whiteness moves. And that really is the core of what ta is talking about. White people will cut off their hand. They cut off their toe to spite their foot. White people close down entire schools so your yep. black behind couldn't go in there. Right. Yep. And thousands of kids in, in Charlottesville, they shut down all the public schools. And let parents go, go to private schools, but the poor white families that couldn't afford it just didn't go to school. That's how whiteness works. So is it really ignorance? Well, the government did that. The, the government did this centuries. I mean, they did this. The reason why poor whites and poor blacks aren't aligned anymore is because of something they did a long time ago. Yeah, you're right. And, and there used to be some level of alignment. Solidarity, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that as well as ta comments and criticism of Bernie Sanders when we come okay. back. Light chicken, dark chicken, faux chicken, real chicken. There's a whole liter of some Hennessy's. <laughs> and I'm going to sip it cup at the cup until I'm past tipsy. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on yes. 80.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Yes. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I am here with Jackie Cohen and, of course, the immaculate shimmying Dariana Cologne Bead. Do you see how she moves? in these streets you see this guys if you were wondering why we're over here just talking so loudly well we'll talk well we're talking about ta coach latest write-up america's white president talking about donald trump and why his entire presidency is about undermining barack obama and then we talked yes. about whether we thought these trump supporters were white supremacists or if they actually just didn't know what was going on dariana thinks that a lot of it is ignorance i say that is not the case this is the way that whiteness works but jm she commented on on our facebook live and she said imagine it being a family where everyone is dumb but the dumbest one is too dumb to tell them all that they're so dumb (laughs) that is my episode that i'm gonna write (laughs) thanksgiving in maine Exactly. Thanksgiving in Maine. Maine is so pretty. Oh, anyways. I love Maine. I know, isn't it? Me too. Oh, 
happened to men? But you know, really? really? Oh, I you're white though. Like, yeah, what's right. 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 like what's going on? Have like an easy pass to Maine and Vermont. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I gotta do some extra work to well, get to those places. Speaking of Vermont. <laughs> oh, speaking of Vermont, Satana so Hasi had some Vermont. spicy words about Bernie Sanders. He likes a lot of Bernie Sanders politics, but he did call out Bernie Sanders for being one of those people who seem to believe that you could ignore race completely and just talk about one aspect of inequality, which is financial. He also called Bernie Sanders out for being militantly against identity politics. Even when it was obvious that a coalition of trash white people and Uncle Tom's voted for Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders still stood up and tried to defend white working class people. He said, it makes me ashamed that my own party can't talk to my people. And that's the reason we lost the election, because all these people feel ignored. They feel silenced. He was talking about white people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, what about literally every non-white person in this country <laughs> who didn't vote for Trump? Like, and how, how do they feel? You know, and I think that in the in the piece, Tanahasi Coates makes a great argument that, like, time and time again, the needs of people of color in this country are ignored. And it's not until, like the like salt of the earth white people's needs are not met that mm. we start paying attention did white america respond by locking up people by destroying families by letting people die instead of treating those same addicts with compassion the same compassion that they're calling for now to to treat white people guys if you want to call in well. with a question or a comment you can do so at 212-650-6903 again that is 212-650-6903 you can also tweet us at beheard underscore radio or you can leave a comment on facebook live i saw a post from someone on facebook earlier earlier today in which they Excuse were talking me. about watching um on 60 minutes and there was someone talking about the heroin epidemic and then one of the things she noticed was that two things actually one where were the black families being spotlighted during the crack epidemic, epidemic on 60 Minutes? Oh. Right. And exactly. then, two, she Hello. noticed how, like, they spotlight the parents instead of the addict to make it more, like, to, to humanize it even more. Yep. And she wonders why that wasn't happening for people of color when a crack epidemic, something that was put into our communities, by the way, by yep. the government. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's actually it was a fact. Actually a fact. Yes. Actually a fact. Where was this sympathy back then? And it makes you, it, it brings you to this point of, People of color, particularly black and Latino people, have consistently been underrepresented, taken advantage of, and ignored Hello. when it comes to politicians. There are entire communities in the South right now where they have open sewage in their water. And people have just come to make it a way of life because they know that no one's going to pay attention to them. No one cares about their issues. And these politicians will show up once a week, once every four years for an election, or once every two years for an election. And some of them are Democrats and some of them are Republicans. And they don't give a crap. But these black people are not voting for Trump. Right. I mean, so he talks in the article about like a lot of like Bernie Sanders and a lot of people on the left saying, you know, we need to now um, reach out to working class white America and pull them back into the party. And like, who is who are who's the we like who? (laughs) I mean, if it's me. Jackie, that's that's one thing, right? No, As no, like a, no, it's actually not because you're Jewish and a woman. Well, but still, like I'm a white person, right? So, mm-hmm. like if I'm having conversations with white working class America, that's one thing. I don't think that someone like Stanley, who's a community organizer, needs to go into white working class America and defend his humanity and defend 
why his life matters. Like I, you know, it's like, it's much easier. I don't know. I get really frustrated when I hear, I hear a lot of white men specifically saying like, this is the way to go, right? We need to like call in back to these communities. Like we sold out in our elitist ways. We sold out white working class America. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but like who is doing the work at the end of the day? White America can go to hell. I don't care. I mean, like it's a lot easier to say like, this is what we, the collective we need to be doing. But like, who's actually doing the work? Is it like, a white man who's like theorizing about what needs to happen or is it Stanley someone who's a progressive community organizer like I would not expect Stanley to go into a white working class community and defend why you deserve to be alive but this is classic white like um this is the work that needs to be done now you go do it and you go do it and you I mean that's the slave master right like that's the slave driver they have the overseer who's poor most of the time overseeing the slaves so it's kind of this hierarchy and it's like no I'm but I'm doing the work I'm the slave I'm making all the money right this is why I forget the guy's name the guy that not David Duke but the other white guy um (laughs) that is like the head of some alt-right movement and he was Milo Richard Spencer Richard Spencer he's like we were so smart to put like slavery together that's like a really intelligent thing to do (laughs) we're business minded hmm okay okay so that's White what I'm saying. People are strange, right? Crazy. <laughs> I had a question for Jackie though, yeah. and this is totally left. Um, no pun intended. But <laughs> you said I am white. So as a Jew, being Jewish, do you not? Um, do you really? Do you? Is it strictly like I am white because I have white skin? I am white, white because skin? I have benefited from like a white structure and right. you know i've never had i mean like you know it's certainly i'm also a jew i have a jewish last name <laughs> i like live in new york in i don't want to say like the new york bubble like necessarily right, right. but like i've never you know i've always like been for the most part surrounded by people that like either know jews or like right are jewish right um anti-semitism exists it's no, real. real it's definitely i mean it's existed throughout history it's certainly real in this country i mean we've been seeing more and more acts of it like it is not lost on me that like jewish community centers seemingly every week are getting bomb threats and cemeteries are getting destroyed and you know even like recently i saw swastika carved into a subway car Mm. like this is real but my i've never felt as like a jew but a white person living in america that like i was at risk of like Life like or, if right. I've never, you know, I've gotten nervous if I've gotten pulled over by a cop while I was driving, but I never thought that my life was at risk. I've right. never experienced the kind of like bodily harm that a person of color right. has experienced. Like I've never, you know, I've never feared putting my last name on a job application that it wasn't going to get me the job. Um, not to say that like, you know, Jews don't experience anti-Semitism, but there are also Jews of color who certainly experience both. They experience racism and anti-Semitism. And I think that, you know, I've certainly benefited just living in this country being a white person, right? right? So I think that there is like an obligation and there's, you know, there's white Jews that voted for Trump, even though 70% of Jews voted against Trump, but there are 30% did. So I think that it's our, as white people and as white liberals, our obligation to talk, to have these conversations with white working class America. It's not the obligation of somebody to, 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 no one should have to defend their own life to somebody who doesn't believe in their rights. Why do we have to talk to white, to quote unquote white working class? Yeah, I don't believe we do. So, so, and like, that's, and I think that's one of the things that Ta-Nehisi like posits in the the write-up. Like, there's all this energy to talk about white working class, but what about black working class what about black women who democrats are losing their votes now yeah how do you feel about that like do you feel like the democratic party sold you out <laughs> um i have a really really like strange uh 
thought about like parties because I, we were all Republicans at one point and now we're all Democrats. And it's like, I just have a really strange, um, I don't, I don't align myself to any particular party. And so I won't believe that anyone has quote unquote sold me out. But I do believe that Democrats kind of wear the mask mm-hmm. where it's front facing, like we're so inclusive and everything is so amazing over here. Come to this side. We're blue and everything's nice. <laughs> um, but I don't believe that they really get down and dirty and in the nitty gritty. And I think that um, wherein Obama was great, I think he was kind of a pawn for the Democratic um, community. And uh, we, I think we need to restructure the whole thing. I think parties are dated. I think our po- political structure is dated. Of course, I think a lot of like forward thinking, progressive thinking people do think that. But it's it's you know steep. There's, there's so much tradition and history there. Then that's a that's a large shovel to take out to kind of dig all that through. Um, but Parties are, I mean, the government in, in a whole is like a little bit shady, a lot of it shady. So. <laughs> a lot of it shady. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, so, yeah. we do have a call to Laverne Smith is online. Laverne, Hi. let your voice be heard. Yes. Yes, my name is Laverne Smith, and, you know, I'm an old voter, you know, and um, we blocked the, uh, the plantation. A lot of us are not seeing um, Trump as what you all describe him as. In fact... Laverne, Laverne, can you... Laverne, before you continue, can you please turn your radio down? Yeah. Before you, Laverne, before you continue, can you please turn your radio down so we, so we can hear you? There's just some feedback. We have a lot of feedback, so just turn your radio down and then you can continue. For sure. I mean, this is just coming from the voice of the old voters. You know, we've been voting for many, many years and we're via plantation. And um, we strongly feel like Obama was not for us from the plantation simply because he was a Kenyan. And we know that Kenyans were more as racist against us as um, Donald Trump, and people don't realize that they, um, a lot of the people not from the plantation really got over, and we people on the plantation, we were left behind when Trump, I mean, with Obama. And therefore, saying that, we are very happy to see that Trump is doing something about it. More blacks via plantation who paved the way for all a lot of the people are now being uh, getting more jobs again. And I don't think you all realize that that is going on. So a lot of your conversation about he's racist, he's biased and all that, who do you, you don't know the facts. And it's terrible that you all are lying on this radio station and you got people like us who come from the plantation know that Obama set up he didn't do anything for us. He did for everyone else. Mexicans got over. They are just as biased against us blacks as white people. And you all just ignore that. Y'all all still treat us like we're less than everyone else. You're talking about racism and racism and racism. What is the Democratic Party doing? Do they have any prominent voters, come, anybody that can and it come even against it because a lot of us are leaving the Democratic Party because none of our cities have progress. Well, to, um, Laverne, thank you uh-huh. so much for those um, comments. Well, no, I'm not going to thank you for those comments. Thank you for calling in. Yes. Everyone should feel free to call in and let oh, their voices the be heard. I will right. thank you for calling in. Um, I don't really understand the plantation commentary. Um, if you support Trump, I guess that's fine. Some people support eating bleach mixed with glass. So I can't really criticize you for that if that's what you want to do. Donald Trump 
is one that has you know been like very aggressive towards talking bad about black people. Donald Trump has actually passed no significant legislation in his eight months as president. Donald Trump has actually passed no significant legislation in his eight months as president, and the job market was stabilized under the black guys like yep. Kenyan. Barack, Jaquan, Hussein, Obama. While Donald Trump has been president, he has tried to cut funding for black people, and he has tried to put more cops in black communities, and he has an attorney general that thinks black people are savages, and he does defend neo-Nazis, and he does support white supremacists, but I guess if you enjoy having black people disrespected, then you would be very happy to support someone like Donald Trump. And if that's where you stand, then thanks for telling us. I know not to invite you to the cookout. Um... I can't hear her. Can she hear me though? I know there was a there was a quote in this article from Donald Trump talking about like it was an older quote from an interview he did like long ago where he was quoted as saying, you know, I don't trust black people. I don't want black people handling my money. I want that to be short guys wearing yarmulkes. Like that's how you know what I mean? Like that and like getting back to sort of what we were talking about before, like is he a white supremacist? Like he doesn't care about anybody but himself and white people and he's willing to tokenize individual groups and he you know, like it's just well, well, how is he not racist? Well, like, hold on, Jackie. Let's let's let's, let's unpack some of the ridiculous things that Laverne said. Yeah. Uh, did, did Barack Obama give every take care of everyone else while he was president and lead the blacks out the dry? Um, because so, like some people who can read a complete sentence would make that same argument. I think that what we have to understand, and what I never looked at, yes, Obama is a physically a black president, yes, but you have to understand when someone takes the lead, like when someone becomes the leader of the free world, they are there for everyone in whatever respect that means. And like people, a lot of black people wanted Obama to come in and be like, I. At all the, all the do, you know, we having a cookout every weekend and everybody about to be here eating chicken and da, 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 like, relax. Like he is the leader of the free world. He has to look out for the majority of the world. There were, there are things, there are a lot of houses burning and he had to help put out a lot of different fires. I didn't expect him to come in and specifically make jobs for black people in the inner city. You think four or eight years is going to change the systematic um, uh, racism and housing issues that we have in the urban community? No, there's just no way that one black man who had to fight and scratch and win his way in and had to fight and scratch to keep his way um, was going to come in and completely change black livelihood. Like, everything was going to be switched. Like, now black people live on the Upper East Side. Now, like, everything is... He could not do that. I First of all, checks and... Hello? And then checks and, <laughs> checks and balances. He could... You also have to understand if you... If you really want to know about politics there's a reason we have the executive branch the legislative branch the judicial branch so that the, the president can't just come in and say all oh, you white people are out the east, the upper east side all these black <laughs> people are in and we're taking all the ceos out there's a reason why that can't happen so so in order for us to make change it is something that has to happen over time the same way that white supremacy has taken reign over time it's centuries and centuries of them just nipping at it little by little that's what it. happens right so the last thing i want to say because i'm just huh, it's just a deep side because it wasn't left i was with i was with her i was with miss, miss smith i was there and then it was like us on the plantation sis don l clarified that for us on facebook live by the way he, I, he said that he believes that what she was saying was that people who were born here as slaves that like people, mexicans and gay people yeah. and women and jews gay people were born benefits. here as slaves as well yeah they're yeah. getting the yeah. benefits yes yes thank you I, right. I, I, I also know that sorry I don't right, right. no it's okay make it seem, but like yeah like that they're getting benefits that 
the rec- the, the natural born slave blacks have uh, not gotten. Oh, okay, because. Oh, even though we were immigrants as forced immigrants as well. Okay, yes. whatever. Either way, anyway, if she really wants to get down to the plantation, then maybe she should talk about indigenous people, not black people on the plantation, because they didn't choose to be here. But sis had to be born in, what, the 50s? You're not part of the plantation. She was not older than the 70-something. I know black, yeah. you know, I hear it in the voice. I can yeah. tell. Like, she little, she like she like later stage auntie level right, right. now. Right, later auntie with the kids in Locking the back. Like, grandkids in the back. Come on. You are not part of the plantation. And, like, you don't understand their struggles. I would never align myself to my ancestors that were in plantations. I am so far removed from the things that they had to deal with that I can't even speak to what that they would want to do. All I know is that at this time and this age, we just want to be respected on the same level. And if you can support a man because he gave black people jobs regardless of who he is as a person morally that's a problem to be the president you have to be a moral individual so something that she did bring up at the very end of her call that i do i do think is a good question is what is the democratic party doing you know yeah. if like we're gonna call out the gop rightfully so what is the democratic party doing to to benefit people of color in right. this country right you know like i think that like we're, it's clear that there's like one party that says that they're Jackie, doing more yes i'm gonna let you finish but laverne has some words with oh, okay. oh laverne, please do please do go ahead laverne i was just going to correct something i am 70 years old don't say something my grandfather left the plantation he was born in 1898 my great-grandmother died on the plantation on the 40s. So you may be far removed from the plantation, but I heard everything about it, sweetie. So speak for yourself. You don't know our history. You don't know everybody's story. Thank you, and have a good day. And I am 70 years old. I don't care what you say. I am a vocalist, so I may have a good voice, and it's very well preserved and everything. But talk and see. You know, you don't know. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Have a good day. <laughs> that have a good day is like, bless your heart. <laughs> Have a blessed day. I feel I feel attacked as a millennial personally that I don't know what's going on. I feel attacked. Well, you know, bless her for knowing her history, sis. I don't know mine, so bless you. I don't know where my great grandmother from. Well, man, listen, <laughs> that was a lot, Laverne. <laughs> bless. I'm not. I'm not religious. So I'm not gonna say that. I appreciate the sacrifices that your, your oh, of course, your, your great grandfather and your grandfather and all the ones that came before you made. Yes. And I feel bad for them that you have such a warped point of view about what yes. black empowerment looks like. Yep. Um, as a black man, I try my very best not to go out against or drag black women. But the only jobs that Donald Trump has created for black people is the one he gave to the Kuna Morosa. Okay. Jackie? So I and mean, the question that. So Laverne had asked a question at the end of her original call that we were starting to get into, which yes. is that, you know, we you're calling out the Republican Party, but what about the Democratic Party? Right. Like, what are they doing? So, Stanley, what is the Democratic Party doing? The Democratic Party is a joke, and it's full of a whole <laughs> bunch of poverty pimps who Agreed. take money from the rich. We should Agreed. be very clear about that. Agreed. And I support the Democratic Party at the moment because I had to. There's no better option. But most of these politicians are not serious. They don't care about black liberation. They don't even care about poor working class people. They care about being in power. And yep. we have a lot of politicians over here. <clears throat> Governor Cuomo, who likes to take advantage of the fact that they've been a part of a wave of some good legislation Mm -hmm. that they found a way to water down and then Mm -hmm. call themselves progressives. And the only way that you can hold these politicians accountable, Democrats or Republicans, is to restructure the entire way the system is built. And that means one of the biggest things you can do is take money out of politics because most of these politicians are just getting monies from their daddies who are billionaires Mm -hmm. and millionaires. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters. So it's either money or supremacy. And those super rich people, they use their money and their supremacy to perpetuate all the things that have kept them in power. Jackie? Yeah, I do think it's an interesting conversation that I've found myself having with 
with older generations of voters um, that I know where I don't I don't align to a party. I like to stay nonpartisan because I think that, you know, both parties have <laughs> are, issues. have issues. Um, and I think that a lot of people, a lot of young people see the, the two party system not working and mm. not um, addressing their needs. And they are talking about progressive policies, not from like a it's us versus them point of view, but like these are the policies that need to work, not like, oh, but the Democrats versus the Republicans, which party is better. Right. And I, what I find in these conversations, certainly with older generations of voters, is that, oh, well, like it's one or the other. Like, yes. you know, why are you saying why are you calling out? the Republican Party are the Democrats that much better. Like you love the Democratic Party. And I think for a lot of us younger voters, we're saying, no, like that's not the argument that we're trying to have. We're trying to talk about policy. We're trying to talk about the issues and not which side is right. It's not a boxing match and we're rooting for a side, right? Right. We're saying like, these are the policies we need to enact to push us forward as a country, not what party is better and what party's worse. Yeah. So we got to, I'm sorry. We we do have to wrap this conversation guys, but I wanted to bring it back to Ta-Nehisi's write up. He didn't talk about black people with the slave mentality as we just had someone call in with. Yeah. But that, that's, that was 3% of Trump supporting base. Yeah. What do we do about that? I mean, I think literally, literally just to, to piggyback off of Jackie, this either or mentality that people like Miss Smith have that are 70 plus or just older voters who have a connection to this plantation mindset where like, yes, at that time, you we literally had no rights. So there wasn't either or you were either this or that. And the people that spoke out against it, like Fannie Lou Hamer and wanted to start other parties that that was radical at the time because we were given two choices. You take the red or the blue pill, literally. And all we're saying is there is no red or blue pill people kick both of them out let's make our own pills you know what i mean we still like pills. let's I make our own pills. let's make our own pill Stop, molly i'm sweating <laughs> man oh man you're gonna like oh they taking molly's over there that's why they can't focus on you're the lying. history you're lying have a blessed day but anyways guys we do have to wrap up this conversation i want to give you two a chance to get some closing remarks on the piece or the conversation very quickly if you have any you. <laughs> I mean, I do, but you can. Yeah, decide. I mean, I, I, like I said, I really encourage people to read this piece by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, I think that he makes a lot of good arguments on why Essentially, we've heard a lot recently about identity politics and how they don't work and how they shouldn't be used. And, you know, to a certain extent, I can see where that argument is coming from. But I think that he makes a good argument for how it has typically worked and how identity politics were used to get you can't say that they've never been effective or never worked. And I think identity politics were effective in, in getting Barack Obama elected. I think they were mm-hmm. uh, were used in getting Donald Trump elected. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that we we can't as, um, you know, those of us who consider ourselves progressive can't ignore identity and can't simply just say that we are all you know that this is only the issues facing our country are only economic issues that there is no racial tension or reason why race plays any sort of factor in these economic disparities that we see that we want to correct so i mean i think that he makes a really good good argument there and again like the the idea of any candidate of color any woman even a white woman doing the things that donald trump did that ultimately led to him getting elected is is completely outrageous like that would never happen donald trump was absolutely elected because of his whiteness of course yeah yeah um and and just to um 
end it with me, I think that we have to start thinking outside of this box that we've, we've put ourselves in in regards to politics. And we have to understand that in order to move forward, like a lot of the things that we've thought and that's been ingrained in our minds may not be true. And just because someone doesn't like uh, Donald Trump or doesn't like the Republican Party doesn't mean we were directly Hillary Clinton um, supporters or Bernie Sanders supporters or any of the fact. This is that we don't want him specifically. I just believe that... Um I lost my train of thought, but I just I I want people to read this article definitely and start thinking a little bit bigger outside of this either or mentality that we've been given. Thank you very much, guys, for both for both those comments. I want to kind of close it out with this thing. So, one of the biggest takeaways from China Hasi's piece was that Donald Trump is literally a reaction from whiteness to take away everything that blackness and Barack Obama has accomplished in the White House. That's the biggest takeaway. And everything we've seen has been a response to Obama or an attack on people of color or the people that Barack Obama aimed to protect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether you believe that every single person that voted for Donald Trump is a racist or a white supremacist or even an Uncle Tom, their vote was to support that, that destruction. And in that sense, he is America's first white president. It doesn't mean that he's the first white person to be racist. It doesn't mean he's the first white person to be unqualified for a job. I'm mm-hmm. sure we all know a bunch of those. It doesn't mean that he's the first <laughs> white person to have like outright hatred for Mexicans. But it does mean that whiteness and the institution of white supremacy, which also connects to being an Uncle Tom and a black person or a person of color that supports it, has been building for so long that it is now enraptured and created a monster to help it in its last grasp to protect its one last ounce of power mm-hmm. and if you want to defeat it it's not going to happen in one go around or in one election or in one conversation it takes as don l on our facebook live said grassroots community building one person at a time one conversation at a time and as dariana said it's going to take the long haul mm-hmm. so unless you're happy with what we're dealing with now get ready for your feet to hurt because we're going to be going for a long long time with that being said, guys, we're going on a quick break. When we come back, it'll be the news roundup. This is Beyonce, and she's talking about freedom. Oh, yeah. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, we finished an amazing conversation about ta Coates' latest write-up, America's White President, and we had a great conversation that included... A Laverne calling in to tell us that we did not know our history and that people of her age and her ilk actually do support Trump. I would aggressively disagree because my 75-year-old father keeps sending me messages on WhatsApp to tell me how much he hates Donald Trump and he has never been political in his life. (laughs) So, you know, hey, I guess that's that's one out of two, I guess, Laverne. Good luck with the rest of it. But anyways, this is time for the news roundup where we talk about things that made us laugh, cry, curse, bust a cat, daddy, or maybe even just think about some things. And I want to start it off right now because my heart is broken. Mm. Carmelo, I didn't cheat on La La that much. Anthony was traded from the New York Knicks to the Oklahoma City Thunder yesterday. And you know what? I was looking forward to him coming to the Knicks this season and cooking. You like tweeted about this and I like thought he died. Like you were like, I will never forget you. Like I miss you. Do not like rest in peace. Like I like you. You like tweeted or face put a Facebook post up or something. Because Carmelo's like one of my favorite players in the NBA. So that that hurt my heart. Stanley, he had to go. Okay, and this coming from a Knicks fan, and my brother is a huge Knicks fan. Like to the point where the night I was born, he was literally watching the game instead of watching my birth, (laughs) and was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a second. Um, he had to go. He needs his ring. He'll come back. 
If you love something, you need to set it free. He's gonna come back. And if it returns to you, you he'll get a ring or two and he'll come back. He's 33 years old. He'll get a ring and he'll retire. First of all, there's no way he's ending his career in a city other than New York. It's just not happening. Well, after after the way New York treated him, he might go to Brooklyn. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, New York is New York. Oh, New York is New York. Brooklyn, that's a mess, man. Am I the only one who's sad and heartbroken about this? Like, really? Yeah, like I, I'm not really into basketball. Anymore. Everyone, everyone that I know is like kind of excited about what that means for the for the league. Come on, now you got him and um Russell, Russell. and Paul George, right? All on the same team. Let's go. Meanwhile, the white woman doesn't like basketball. <laughs> what a <Sorry>. surprise, Jackie! <laughs> Want to talk about hockey? <laughs> it's no. like really, it's yeah, it's really bad. I know much more about hockey than I do about basketball. I'm not, yeah, I'm not know. proud of it. I don't, it's, I don't even want to talk about it. So, guys, after everyone telling Hillary Clinton to shut up and that they didn't want to hear from her, her book sold three hundred thousand copies. Her book is like the best selling book. It's like better selling than the Bible. Yeah, it's like, well, I not really, right but <laughs> it's it's really. Good. I mean, like you know, this the election was like the. Bi- I mean, certainly it lasted long enough. It was. Yeah. It left us with Donald Trump. I mean, this is like, you know, everybody wants to know what happened. Yeah. yeah. So ja- I hated the cover. Yeah. So every every PR person I know hated the cover. Uh, yeah. I Jackie, did you weren't here last week, right? No. What did you think about the book? I haven't read it. Are you gonna read it? Um. Yeah. I mean, you I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, you're reading it now, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. I'll. I'll I'll probably read it. Jackie's I have like, if you're reading it, that means I'll get it back. I'll get it from yeah, you. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's literally. I'm it. literally not reading it. I'm not interested at all. After that interview that she did with, who did she do a, a recent interview with? Like a lot a, of people. You got to be. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, whatever one where she was like, she didn't take blame for losing. I can't get with that. Yeah, a lot of people are it. really upset about that, that she, like, pinned blame on everybody else yes. and didn't sort of, like... I mean, I don't know, because I haven't read the book. I yeah. think a lot of the feedback that the book is getting is from people who have not read the book at all. <laughs> um, so I think for that alone, I want to read it, because I want to know. Like, I want to know if that... She's actually taking a lot of blame in the book. Like is she? She's still, yeah, like, she's like... So why wouldn't she do that during the interview? She didn't say, like, she's not going to say the election loss was all my fault. Like, she has not said that in the book. But she's like the emo skinner. I've really screwed up. Well, because I don't think that the election loss was all her fault, right? And I think that, like, like in our first segment, we took that apart. Why it was not all. But like a lot of people want her to say that because in the book she actually's like, "Yo, like I messed up with the email thing. I did this wrong. We should have been independent." Like she said all those things. But if she said that, then other people would be angry that she was like, I don't know, appeasing another right. First of all, I don't think she should have spent that. If she spent that long on the dang email, she shouldn't have spent that long on them. Like those are like literally other people have done such worse things. Than emails, I think she needs to say like we we ran a campaign that wasn't as authentic, and I need I think she needs to say listen. She said that in the book. Okay. Well, she didn't say that. Well. She says like <laughs> I, we I had we had a hard time during the whole campaign explaining like why I was running, and I feel like that was a big reason why I lost. Yes, and it was. And she said she explained the reason why she ran. She said that she felt like she couldn't say that because she would get criticized. She said honestly, I felt like I was the most qualified person. Like I feel like this is the position where I can do the most stuff. And I think that, like, I'm someone that can do a great job at it, despite all the other people. And that's what she said in the book. Is that and she's not like, a real, that's a, to me, that's pretty good. And she like, yeah, but, like, polling, a lot of people would have taken that. Because, like, women, when they come out and say stuff like that, they're seen as selfish. They're seen as untrustworthy. They're seen as, like, divisive. So it's not, it's like, Barack Obama could say that. Bernie Sanders could say that. Donald Trump could say that. And most of them have said that. But for her, the result, like, nationally, as far as, like, response-wise, would not have been a good that's what she felt. That's what her team felt. That's what the polling told her. I mean, I yeah. Now we know don't listen to polls. Yeah, don't listen to polls. <laughs> oh and her God. team was whackety whack. Well, I got to disagree with that, too. No. Because she had a lot of Obama, like, Obama campaign. A lot of my friends were on her team. There. Like, she had some good people on there. 
But like campaigns, as like as having worked on a couple of campaigns on like the much, 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 much lower level, they're like hard, stressful things where like you got to make decisions on the fly, and you got to like you need you got to trust your systems. You know, like they made mistakes, but I wouldn't call that a, a horrible campaign. Well, I would say more so. I look at it from the lens of the communications arm of it. So mm-hmm. like the the act, the people calling, like the other like strategists and all that stuff. I'm looking more so like communications, like front facing. Like how are you positioning her? Yeah. I just think they made a lot of mistakes, in my opinion. They should have hired you. You should come out of Harris, better give you a bag. Okay. Listen, you could do something for her campaign. I love right? Kamala too. Mm. She, she's thinking about running. <laughs> She should. But, yeah. And the whole, speaking of, Bill de Blasio's thinking about running for president, too. <laughs> Wait, what? Jasper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since when? My goodness, What Jackie. fake news is this? No, right. Seriously, that's actually a conversation like, that has been rumbling Bill de Blasio around. needs to sit down. It's been rumbling around where, like, yeah. I have not, I mean, you and I are in the same circles. Yeah. I have not heard that at he all. He needs to sit down. For president? Yeah. yeah not even, like, governor? For... Oh, God. I wouldn't want him as governor. Oh. But I mean, he's too weak. I'd, I'd be open to that. It's him being governor. I he's too weak. have not heard this at all yeah. i think you're like we're, we're ready for you're a just woman. trying to stir up something that no i'm actually i think not, we're ready for a I woman heard this. it was in the gothamist i think either gothamist or um something are you do you think we're ready for a woman president? i think so so what? if kamala Harris that's a ran, dumb question you don't think we'll get sexist and racist really fast <laughs> oh of course we will but people are well, already sexist and, and racist. right like, like they're not gonna be any like you know why are we might... tiptoeing around people i'm still confused about yeah, that right. why are we tiptoeing around these people you know how i know you're from harlem <laughs> Because every time you get mad, you start talking with your hands. He's like, listen, Sorry. boo-boo. Let, no, you're fine. You're fine. But I just, think, I just think it's funny. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can probably see this. He's like, why are we doing all these things? Hey, you know, so I'm like, what you, what's going on there? No, no. Nah, nah. That's how I emphasize. Like, no, like, we've seen some racism. But you saw how when Obama started running, it got it went from like, oh, we're going to hit some stuff to like, Oh, people have his face as target I don't, practice. But I don't know what being yeah, ready means. I just don't care, right? Like, like yeah, what does that mean? What, like, what yeah. do you mean being? You'll ready? never be ready. Yeah, you'll exactly. never be ready. If you, if you get, if you always get ready, you stay ready, beloved. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Okay. Oh I'm always ready to hear I somebody like, call me the N word. There's <laughs> no way that we're going to like absolve right. racism and right. sexism in this country. Right. I think really ever. But then like say, oh, okay, now all since now all our social ills are are corrected. Now we're ready. Now we're ready, yeah. country. But that's exactly what the what what people divisive people do, right? Mm-hmm. They try to make put fear in you so that you're like, oh no, this ain't a good time because people right, are really exactly. riled up. No. We're defending their narrative. Yeah, exactly. That we're and ready think, or not re- yeah. ready. Like I think it's just a dumb question. Sorry. Well, since, <laughs> I'm, since I'm losing this argument, let's switch gears now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So guys, before we end this segment, I really want to take a moment to pray for Kevin Hart because oh I don't want to live in a world <laughs> where a rich man can't cheat on his wife on her birthday weekend <laughs> while she's eight months pregnant. I don't understand why he can't do that. So guys, if you don't know what's happening, Kevin Hart, <clears throat> two women were trying to extort Kevin Hart by <laughs> starting to release a sex tape because he cheated on his eight month pregnant wife on her birthday weekend. <laughs> Kevin Hart refused to pay the eight figure ransom and went on <laughs> Instagram <laughs> to announce that he was cheat that he had cheated on his wife. Right. There's been a lot of opinions about Kevin Hart and what he did or did not do wrong. Right. The, the alleged side chick has come public with Lisa. <laughs> uh, Lisa, the the thought lawyer. Lisa Bloom. No, no, no. Lisa Bloom is a friend of the show, so we will not slander her in here. But it's Lisa, not a slander. She represents thoughts. <laughs> it's not slander. <laughs> All right. Define thought. 
Uh, well, I feel like that's, that's not a curse. good conversation yeah, to have you know on air. Good point. Um, she did, okay. Yeah, that's another. That's a anyway, whole other conversation. Like, she, she, Nothing look, against her. So, like, she wrote that great book about Trayvon Martin and why, why George Zimmerman is guilty. She also wrote a great book about, like, raising boys and how, like, you deal with boys' energy. Mm-hmm. So she's been on the show for those two things. She's yeah. also defended um the woman that claimed the usher gave her herpes. She also helped take down Bill O'Reilly at Fox yeah. News, which is incredible. Yeah, great. She's done great things. She also represents Black China, the joint that said that Usher gave her herpes, right? Um, and now Let this burn, chick. I mean, hey. I just don't know. what. Maybe the bills aren't being Lisa, paid. Lisa, I don't know what's happening. Lisa Bloom gets the bag. so That's what I'm saying. So Kevin Hart should be afraid. Lisa Bloom's representing her. Like, Lisa Bloom doesn't lose. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, she helped win the OJ trial. Okay. What? Yeah, she was a part oh, of that team. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like, okay. listen. I mean, was OJ... Was OJ uh, so where do you guilty let, or not guilty? Listen, but um, well, let's talk about Kevin Hart. How do you feel about this? I'm saying pray for Kevin Hart. All right. Why? I know because he got caught cheating. Uh, so you want to? <laughs> I really hope Marilyn is listening. I am a to part of the show. coalition of faithful black men that that have prayer parties, and we are you. praying for Kevin Hart. I feel you. You're an idiot. This is what I believe. I believe that we have to stop putting um, celebrities on a pedestal as if they're not human beings, yeah, and exactly. have to understand that half of the women that are condemning him have spouses that have cheated or have cheated themselves. Like, let's just be real, right? Um, infidelity is, like, as American as apple pie. And so, um, like, condemning someone for um, for infidelity is, like, come on, like, sit down, everybody. Just grab a, grab a, grab a bagel and sit down. So I right. think that, um, one, from a PR perspective, his... Uh, Putting it on Instagram in a video was the dumbest thing that he could have ever done. Um, you were probably reeling when you saw that. Oh, my God. I literally was like, what is happening? <laughs> Who is he talking to? Who was like, what is happening here? Right. First of all, when you're dealing, you have to take from the Bible of Jay-Z and Beyonce and have to understand that when you have internal issues, those issues need to stay internal. Okay? So this girl is threatening to publicize, da 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 Okay, just as long as you're good at home, that doesn't matter what what people are saying. I think that he should have kept that with his daughter, his son, and his wife, and that's it. He doesn't have to apologize to the millions of people that follow him. He doesn't have to apologize to them. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that, listen, Kevin Hart and his wife, they got some things to handle, but none of it is my business because, one, I'm not getting checks from him, <laughs> and I'm not getting checks from the, the joint that he slept with. I think that it was dumb for him to say that he was put into really um, uh, messed up situations where messed up things happens like you're an adult. And I also think that he needs to shut his mouth about calling his um, wife his rib and saying that he would, and then literally going on the air and saying he would never cheat. But listen, <laughs> right. you ever ate a rib without a side or two? Hello. <laughs> I need some macaroni with that rib. Where is you need? I need some macaroni with that rib. But no. I'm just saying, I think we need to start humanizing celebrities and being like, yeah. you know, like, it's not our business. Right. He doesn't have to, to apologize do to us. Like, <laughs> I don't care that he's a cheater. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, oh, one last quick note, guys, because we do have to wrap this news round up. But I do want to make sure that we're putting our thoughts and our prayers and our, and our like, good feelings towards the Dominican Republic and yeah. Haiti. And Puerto Rico. And Puerto Mexico. Saint Viva Martin, la Mexico. Dominica. So I, I have a lot of family in Haiti, DR, St. Martin, and Dominica. All those places have been seriously Virgin damaged Islands. by those hurricanes. And yes. we want to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to support them, yes. including Robinson Cano. You praying for Mexico but not for DR? Come on, fam. Where are you? <laughs> Like, come on, man. Anyways. Yeah. Viva la Boricua. Words on Boricua Morena. All right, we got to go on a quick break, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. I said that wrong, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs>
Keep doing PR. Might earn you a scholarship, Dariana. Woo, woo. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Jackie Cohn and, of course, Dariana Colon Beeb. And she doesn't mm-hmm. think that all Trump supporters are racist, but she does think yeah. they're trash. Yes. And, guys, if you're wondering where Selena and Alyssa are, Selena is going on another work vacation where <laughs> she says she's working, but she's somewhere in Barbados playing double dutch with Rihanna <laughs> and drinking virgin waters. And Alyssa is actually hard at work prepping for a big case that we can't tell you about. So that's where we're stopping with right there. But anyways, guys, we just finished the news roundup, and now we are starting with our second segment. So now, if you looked at our our promotion from this week, you probably thought we were talking about Donald Trump, his UN speech, and the big foreign policy conversation. We have scratched that. Sorry, guys. When the teachers are away and we get substitute teachers, we go Mm. away from the agenda. We are now talking about Donald Trump, Colin Kaepernick, and the the, politici- the politicizing of sports players. Mm. So, if you, like me, were drunk most of Saturday, you may have missed that Donald Trump at an Alabama rally where he was endorsing probably another racist white man decided to say that, decided to call Colin Kaepernick and other athletes who kneeled during the national anthem son of bees. Mm. That's right. He said, get that mother, get that, that, that son of a bee and fire him. And then, if that comment were not spicy enough, he was on social media in an all-out war with Steph Curry and <laughs> LeBron James. Let me explain. <laughs> LeBron. He, t- he tweeted to Steph, I got light, I'm light-skinned and I got light-skinned eyes, Curry. You are not invited to come to the White House, even though Steph Curry said he wasn't going to begin with. And then, LeBron, my hairline has been gone since 2006. James, Cleveland Cavaliers are a good team this year, said to him in a tweet, you bum. Steph Curry already told you he wasn't coming. You can't uninvite him. The only problem I had with that tweet was that he didn't put a comment after bum. Other than that, it was straight Flames. And I knew at that moment that LeBron, Jahaspa James, had become president of the United States and also had redeemed himself for what Lance West and his mama did back in 2007. We're not going to talk about that, no, though. We're not talk about that. And now, while all those things have been happening, the NFL, Roger Goodell, owners and players have oh, all been getting pressure on them to stand up and say something. And a huge social media push led by, yes, I'm bragging, Justice League NYC mm-hmm. has spurred up and it's called Take a Knee. And if you were watching football or pregame shows before this show, you will have noticed Miami Dolphins left their team bus and I stand with cap t-shirts. All of them. Baltimore Ravens all kneeled. Jacksonville Jaguars locked arms during the national anthem. And their owner, who looks like he came from a slave movie that Leonardo DiCaprio directed, <laughs> was there locking arms with him as well. Rex, I spoke on behalf of Donald Trump, Ryan, hmm. who... He said that he was embarrassed by what Donald Trump had done and he felt disrespected. And meanwhile, while all these owners and all these people were making new statements, Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. Hello. So now we are here to talk about this. So just starting from step one. And guys, if you're listening and you want to give a comment, Facebook Live is lit. Leave a comment there or give us a call at 212-650-6903. And of course, Twitter is always a spot where we chill at. You can tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. Jackie, Dariana, did you guys hear Trump's comments? I mean, how could you miss them, right? Like he, it's just right. Like, of course, this of course, this is the battle that he picks, right? Oh, of course. There's like, no, like, at, you know, what what should he address after, like, saying we're going to, like, destroy all of North Korea? Yeah. But, like, also, yeah. you know, yeah. Colin Kaepernick needs to shut up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, this is the battle that he chooses. I mean, he is, I don't know. He's not surprising. Our, right. He's our middle school bully. How did that make you feel when he said that? Like, did you even care at all? 
Um, of course I cared. One is this is really this is oh, really hurts me because I am a football fanatic. Okay, like to the point where like I wish I could put on some pads and play. I want my sons to play football. I want what? to. You want your sons to have concussions? Yes, I want to play. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's rephrase that. Do you want your sons to have concussions? No. Do you but want your sons to play football? E- uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just so we're clear, guys, she does not want her sons to have concussions. Sports. I just think sports are very uh, team building and really good for the soul. Okay. Yeah. So I love football. So the fact that this is happening for a beloved sport of mine is like really hurting my heart. Um, I just believe that there are so many. Literally, I had to. Uh, call everyone from the Coast Guard to whoever to get my friend from St. Martin a few weeks ago who was stuck there because of the hurricane um, along with other thousands of Americans. Now my home, co- my mother's home country is in despair. Literally, I read an article this morning about it and Donald Trump said he pledges to send X amount of dollars and, and he just sent a few army people there. But like, we have devastating things going on. And and he is in some feud with North Korea's Kim Jong-un, who is like, oh, he is going to pay. You know, right. you see him in his little lair, like, with his fingers, like, Donald Trump's going to pay. Which, in fact, means, guys, that we're going to pay. So, yeah, like, exactly. so I think that there's so many bigger things for him to be talking about than my man Steph Curry. Yeah. My, like, godson. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, he is talking about Steph Curry and Colin, and not even Colin. I think this is bigger. It is about race. Yes, one. But I think it's bigger than that because there are white players that have taken knees, that have prayed, da, da, da. He is talking about people that are speaking out against. And that is a problem for me because that's who I am. I speak out against. And so to hear him say that at a rally, like one, why are you still rallying? But to hear him say that at a rally is like really like just just it just keeps underlining the fact that like a really large percentage of America is really, 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 really dumb. And um, it really, it, it's, it's really hurtful. And I, I hope I understand and had a really big conversation about this with one of my friends that it, it not everyone's going to take a knee today. Let's just be, people have to be okay with that. Like not everyone's going to take a knee today and not just because they're white and they're racist or whatever, but there are going to be a lot of black people, um, black players that aren't going to take knees. And it's not because they're uncle Tom's either, but it's because you have to understand the mentality of black players that come into the league, right? These are normally young black men who uh, literally did not do most of them. Cause some of them are extremely smart and investors and like graduated with master's degrees and stuff. But the you ones who did it, do you see her face when she said that? What? Like she was like she was swiping right mentally. I was. Yeah, I know, I, I know. Was. You were. Yeah. Um, but the ones who football is life, and they've come from nothing, and literally they're the breadwinners for their family, and literally like football is any right. is the only thing that they know and they have. And they've been like trained to go on. The, like they made football. it to this point exactly at a very young age. Exactly. They were put on this track and, and given this they, money. Yeah, exactly. They can't just give that all up to start an investment fund with some other black players. Like it sounds easy, but it's not. And I think we need to be prepared for those players. And we need to be supportive of those players as well to understand that that's that's not the way that they're going to fight. So we have to give them another way to be activists because this isn't the way that they can be an activist, right? So I um I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen, but I am also just preparing myself to know that not everyone's going to take a knee. I'm also, and this is my last point, from a, pers- a PR perspective, all these statements from all of these like teams. Come on, a lot of y'all gave money to Trump. Let's be clear, it's mm-hmm. out there. Everyone knows, and. Colin Kaepernick still is unemployed. So if you're really going to take a stance, you need to put up his signed contract instead of a statement about how you support solidarity and all that other good stuff. Roger Goodell, who thinks domestic abuse is okay. That's right. um, He put out a statement yesterday in which he tried to talk about the hurricanes. (laughs) 
in in response to what Donald Trump did. He said, we reject this talk. We think that it's great when our players do great things like last week when they were doing leave effort work for Hurricane Irma and Harvey. That's what he did. I mean, I've started boycotting the and i'm from a family where like the giants are like oh, the giants are like g-man, like g-man. we my grandpa <laughs> bought season tickets to to for the giants in 1956 and we still have those tickets like it's something that like you know the giants are football is a big part of like my upbringing my family and like some of my fondest memories are going to football games with my dad when i was really young and you know like i I'm a huge Giants fan, and so it's difficult for me to give up football and to boycott it, but that's something that I've been doing for the past few years because of the NFL's just problematic policies on yes. everything, the way that they defend uh, rapists yep, and alleged abusers. rapists and sexual abusers. And, you know, it's like I've seen it as this place that, like, for me, is just not for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is clearly, like, the NFL – and like, I, not football, but the NFL mm-hmm. is not for me because of the way that they defend their players who commit acts of violence against women. And I think, in the same token, like it is even more so not for people of color who are used, but you know, more often than not, are not the owners. They're not making the most money from the they're NFL, the although they're the ones that are definitely exploited. Right? Mm-hmm. We have many black players who put themselves at risk. And don't get me wrong, like they are making a lot of money as well. But then we see somebody like Kaepernick who steps out and steps out of line and look at how he's punished for it. You know, Jackie, you, you know when I first seriously considered boycotting the NFL, and I, I know I bust Jackie's shops a lot, but like she is a friend that I care about and like her opinion matters to me, is when she told me about Josh Brown of the New York Giants. Yeah. So he was a kicker for the New York Giants and his wife or ex-wife now, leaked his diary. And in the diary, he talked about how, yes, he abuses his wife. And yes, he feels like God. And that he might just kill her one day. And the Giants owner came out in support of him and said, we stand by him. And while that was happening, the Dallas Cowboys owner made Greg Hardy a man who had a girlfriend who he attacked, brutally assaulted, beat her up, tried to choke her to death with a hanger. They made him team captain and said they stand by him. And like, isn't that just Trump's America? I mean, yes. Trump is somebody who like, con- like, yes. who was on tape saying that he commits se- acts of sexual, sexual assault abuse. against yep. women. Mm-hmm. You know, calling out these people who say that that's wrong, right? Like, of course that, like, I don't know. Of course the NFL is going to thrive under yes. the Trump administration because he's a president who supports these acts, right? Yes. Who thinks that this is okay behavior. It's, you know, locker room talk. Yeah. Maybe in the NFL locker rooms, this is locker room talk. I yeah. don't think that this is like normal. Yeah. I don't think we should. And I, you know, what, what makes me upset is that like the NFL is so, you know, it's just as American as apple pie, right? It like is. it is something that's in all of our homes. Like the Super Bowl is one of the biggest, most watched event, if not the most watched event of the year. It's something that crosses the country. It's something it that w- really unites many, many Americans that otherwise wouldn't have much in common. And right. this is behavior that's stood for, right? These are ideals that are supported. And so when th- you have a major, major institution like the NFL yeah. upholding racist, upholding mm-hmm. sexist, upholding you know people that commit these terrible acts um, of violence against their own partners, it tells other people that that's okay. You can get away with it, yes. right? Guys, I think. Go ahead. Just real quick, Dariana. So, mm-hmm. if you guys are listening and you want to call in with a question or a comment, the number is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. Again, that is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. You can also leave comments on Facebook Live. I know Jackie's on there right now, looking at comments, or tweet us at beheard underscore radio. Go ahead, Dariana. Um, 
I, I like like Jackie said, I love football. I love the game, right? I love the game, but it's clear that what's come what's surrounds the game and what's keeping the game together is problematic. I think that a lot of these men beat their women and they have this godlike behavior because that's what's beat into them as players, like from very young, right? They're it's kind of like this military mentality of like you have to be a man. This is how you exert manhood and this is how you do this and that. And that's why you don't you don't hear about gay football players and you don't hear about um, football players stepping out of line or disrespecting their coaches or anything like that. And I think that the smart ones that don't, I think there's a mental health issue in the, in the football um, community that we don't talk about that is brought on by concussions and, and, and head injuries and just physical harm that they oh have to God. endure. And so I think that a lot of this goes into then their women who are, you know, quote unquote fragile and less than someone that they can exert power over because they can't do it to their coaches and they can't do it to their team owners. But the ones that get out early that either like retire early or, you know, make a little money and leave. I think those are the ones that realize it and they move on. But the thing is, they don't speak about it enough to come back back and make a change yeah and so just so you guys know the ravens and the jaguars um ravens all the players nailed even ray lewis who looked like he had just come back wasn't weren't they praying though um ray lewis was praying that's what okay. he said because the, <laughs> the Bengals, i think pray they, they they do like prayer prayer circles yeah no the bang i don't know what the Bengals did but i do know the jaguars locked arms with the owner there and the ravens kneeled um ray lewis kneeled on both knees that's what he of could tell his masters i mean um exactly his um bosses that like, he was praying <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that was what was happening. But guys, um, real quick thoughts because we do have to go on a break. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh, real quick thoughts. Yeah. I mean, well, pop. You know what? You lost your chance to give thoughts, guys. Won't be. Won't be coming back. I hate slavery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it, Secure. <laughs> Guys, when we come back, we'll be talking about the other league, other sports that have taken a knee for Colin Kaepernick. You'll be really surprised, actually. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 WATR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, we are talking about Donald Trump's attacks towards Colin Kaepernick and other players who kneel during a speech in Alabama or Mississippi, one of those racist states. He said, yeah, they both hate black people. He said... Don't you wish you could just fire the son of a bee that got on his knees during the national anthem? Yeah, just tell him you're fired. He was talking about Colin Kaepernick and others. The sports industry has been responding en masse. And one of the players, athletes who responded, came from a sport you'd be surprised to hear. The Major League Baseball. Baseball. That's right. Bruce Maxwell, a 26-year-old rookie catcher for the Oakland Athletics, took a knee. Yep. And I forgot the player's name, white player, put his hand on his shoulder while he was doing it on Brian Cahey, I think it is, mm-hmm. during the national anthem. Wow. Baseball is like football in the, the sense of like American. Most, mostly white people support mm-hmm. it and own it. But they're like, there's like, you have a little bit more power in the NFL because there are brown people. Mm-hmm. And in the NBA, it's just ran by the blacks. Yeah, it's nice. They want to do. They go give speeches at SB Awards. Right. (laughs) It's a club. Baseball is a know your place kind of sport. I Mm -hmm. remember back in 2002, maybe three, Lasting Millage, who was a really crappy outfielder for the Mets, came up from the minors and he hit a home run. And then afterwards, he was like high fiving the fans and the crowds. When he got back to his his locker room, there was a sign that said, Know your place. Yeah. Well, there was also, there's such a history of because baseball is, you know, has been around for so long and has been followed for so long, there's a history of segregation in baseball. I mean, Jackie Robinson is obviously an American hero because he was who he was, right? He played for the Brooklyn Dodgers and he was the first black man to do it. And there were separate leagues, right? There were black leagues and white leagues. So this was something that, you know, when we saw sports integrate, I mean, baseball, it was like a hard, a hard 
sell for white people, I guess, because they had, you know, they were kept separate but equal, I guess. Um, and Not equal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, it was separate but never equal. Right. So. I think um, I love baseball just as much as I love football, but I think I like because it's like the two different guys, right? So b- the baseball guy is like they are two different the guys. N- <laughs> the nice guy who's smart and well kept and da da da. Like math, right? Like math, and the football guy is like you know. But, um, but but I love baseball, and the history is very it's deep, right? But like you said, it's mostly white. It's not a it's not a huge amount of black players. It's actually more like. Latin, um, players. Latin players and white players and stuff like that. So it's very interesting to see how this season um, is going to end, you know, like play out because um, this is he's the first one, right? And it doesn't look like he's white. He's not. Right. And he's a veteran. He's, he's black and he's a veteran, yeah. He's he a looks veteran. half, is he all black? Yeah, he's all black. He look a drop of, but okay, I'll, I'll take another look. But, anyways, <laughs> not giving the, 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 the paperback test. Right. Um, <laughs> Andrew Jones, who is a um, Adam Jones, pardon me, who was an outfitter for the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Last year, they asked him, "Why don't more baseball players stick up for racial justice?" And he said, "Well, baseball is a white man's sport," and he got a lot of flag. But for he's it. true. He's they right. Were, yeah, he is right. They called him the N word. They called him a thug. They called him all the other words that white people like to use. And then earlier this year, Boston fans were shouting the N word at, pe- at black players in the Whoa. field. And then everybody was like, I am shocked. I would never expect that from Boston. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Which is like the Mississippi of the North. Hello. the Yes, the Mississippi uh, of the North. Yes. I mean, that sign was amazing that yeah. they put out, Black Lives Matter, at yeah. um at the Boston Red Sox game. Yeah. I thought that was the per- – they, they couldn't have picked a better team, and I think that they knew that, that yeah. that had to be the only team to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? No, you're absolutely right. But Bruce Maxwell – He's taking a knee for Colin Kaepernick. Stevie Wonder took a knee last night. Two knees. Two knees. Oh, my brother saw him. My brother was at that show last night. Wow, that's awesome. I know. He he took a knee for (laughs) He was a little bit PC about it. Um, But, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, well, hold on. How, tell me how, why you think he was PC about it. Come well, on, because he was like, I'm going to take a knee. And then you're, okay, you expect that like black radicalism to come out. Okay, Stevie, let's do it. And then he's like, I'm going to take two knees and I'm going to pray for the oh. globe. And I'm like, hmm. What? Yeah, that's what right. he said. I'm, right. I'm like I mean, I still love Stevie. His music transcends. I never <laughs> you leave Ooh. in summer. Okay. I <laughs> sure. thought you would get signed by a team. So how much of this is because of the fans, right? And, like, is there a difference? Is there a difference between, like, baseball fans oh, of and course. football fans? No, and, they're both and, still barbaric as hell. It, no, football's more barbaric than baseball. Well, you said that with so much enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need an objectified. I mean, football's definitely more of like a, a barbaric sport. I mean, it's it is. But, but like at it's a like baseball? soccer. It's like football and rugby. I will say <laughs> the worst fight I've ever seen, like this fight at a sports game, was at a subway series game. I was at that game too. All on the other side, though, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, whenever you get a white man drunk on beer, it's going to oh be a God. problem. Yeah. Maybe so. a white man drunk on anything. <laughs> beer, bro. Have you ever been on a Long Island Railroad at the one oh, in the morning? Yeah. It is white people yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah, right. But let's, let's, let's get back on this. Like, I can tell you as a, a longtime baseball fan and like a Met fan since I was eight years old. Oh, sorry. Base, yeah, yeah, it's sorry. rough. Yeah, thank you for your... Like, we appreciate only the, it. Because I mentioned the only team you can have a player be... His entire career could be at risk now because he swung at a pitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like baseball is very patriotic. Like I've yes. gone to games where like when you see people like in the Navy there, like they come and they buy them drinks, mm-hmm. they get them food, they thank them. Like they take that crap very seriously. Yeah, it's very patriotic, and which is why I'm like so I am so moved by when players take a knee. Mm-hmm. Like I think that it's one of the most patriotic acts. It's so it's like a nonviolent act. It's it resonates 
so far and it's so powerful and i think that it's in you know you're literally exercising your first amendment right to yeah. just take a knee and not support right what's happening in this it's country it's a racist anthem can we just get to the oh, basics yeah. of this it is a racist anthem if you listen to the lyrics it is a it it, it does not give any support or anything towards people of color minorities or anybody in this country like you expect people to just get like SHRs thrown at their face like it just doesn't make any sense to me why people are so angry and when they take such offense to it when there are literally white people marching with confederate flags do you understand that that's treason do we need to take you back to like revolutionary history mm. like this is treason that they are literally and we're taking knees we're not putting up the black american flag that exists people and so it's like we're not doing that there are people with confederate and nazi flags nazis are like from a whole nother country <laughs> like <laughs> let's be real like this is what drives me crazy about people why and why i can't the, the question of are we ready yes because yeah, right. <laughs> people are so they're so in their minds it's so crazy to me i wonder what it's laverne so thinks about this crazy. Me too. Laverne, call in, baby. If you guys um, want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. So Robert Kraft and a whole bunch of owners have come out with statements disavowing what Trump has said. Mm. Is that enough for you to continue watching football? No. no. Why? Because Kaepernick is still unemployed. Yeah, right. Like, it's you can put out a statement that's yeah. very easy that you very didn't easy. write. You had somebody write it for you. Or you, you know, you can like let your vote with your dollar and yeah. like put put the money into doing the right thing. But right. if we sign Kaepernick, the NFL still dismisses black women and other women getting beat up by their husbands. Oh yeah, I'm still not supporting them. The, the NFL is they tried to hide Aaron Hernandez CTE um um report. The NFL is like they're not taking care of their previous players who can barely move their bodies now. Mm-hmm. The NFL gives non guaranteed contracts. The NFL pushed Michael Sam, who wasn't that good anyway, <laughs> out, out of the league because he was gay. He's gay yeah. So if Colin Kaepernick gets signed, are you watching? No. Jackie? No, no. For those reasons, exactly. And you know what's sad? I just made that decision right now because I was watching it before. (sighs) I miss Madden. (laughs) I was watching it before when all these things were happening. But now that, like, I think ignorance is bliss, right? And I think that when you show me a mirror to my face about how I'm supporting. I mean, but you could say the same thing about me and hip hop, but that's a whole nother conversation. Ooh, I don't want to talk about um, that. <laughs> um, but when you say stuff like that, like we need to start supporting w- women. Like we really need to, it's, I'm not watching it basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. No, I think that that's a really important point though, is that a lot of people watch, you know, it's how they relax. It's their Sunday yeah. ritual. They yeah. sit down, they, you know, they invite the all TV. their friends, they tailgate, they invite, you know, they go to a family's <sighs> house. It's like, it's, it's supposed to be like this not political thing, right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to just sit and watch sports and have a good time, yeah. but everything's political. And yes. certainly the NFL is, and they've made it very known where they stand on the political spectrum. And so to yeah. just like try to ignore it, I think is being complicit in what they're advocating for. And Agreed. so, it's difficult it sucks like we love watching football and you know we're choosing not to because we don't align with the ideals of the nfl but you know i think especially like there's a lot of men that watch football that say that they you know aren't racist or aren't sexist but you know turn a blind eye when the nfl is making decisions in their name the crowd booze Barack Obama when he goes on the screen right like talk about something right Right. that's interesting I wanted to bring up um, I didn't watch the video I just saw the headline but like you know obviously if you're black or white or anybody that's an activist are people are sitting down I've done it Um, I don't when they um, wherever I am and they're playing the anthem I don't stand up I've never been 
accosted or had anyone say anything to me, but there have been incidents of this happening. What are you yeah. like? What are your thoughts on? I'm not built for that. I haven't been to my nonviolence training yet, which means <laughs> I'm so very pro violence. <laughs> if you if you come with me with some energy, I'm a match your energy, beloved. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't do it to yourself. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I haven't been in the position since you know yet where I've like nah, been. Keep... I have not been to any Mets games this year. And you so know, like, white mm. people, white people will turn up on you. Oh, they'll then, turn up the minute you you even slightly match. They're like, oh, yeah. don't do it. Do not do it. Not yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. I did it during a baseball game um, last year when I went to a Yankee game for. Actually, Labor Day weekend, yeah. I did it. No one said anything to me. I also feel like I have the very like aura of like. If you're going to come to me, <laughs> something <laughs> might come back. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to continue to do it, and I'll, and I'll see, and I'll update you guys yeah, as such. Yeah, let us know but if you I think I just think that, like, how do we empower and how do we protect people who are sitting on the sidelines, too, right, doing yeah. the same thing? I you think that's important. Them. Yeah. Like So Martellus Bennett, all these players who are doing it, Bruce Maxwell is probably going to need the most support because oh, yeah. he's a lowly rookie. Yeah. And they can send him back to the minors and put him on a bench. And, like, they'll erase him from the league like he never happened. Yeah. Because there's no one to hold anybody in the MLB accountable for things like this. Yep. Right. Carlos Delgado did it in Toronto um, back mm-hmm. in the 90s and the early 2000s. And they, the only reason they couldn't erase him was because A, was in Canada, and B, because <laughs> he was averaging 40 homers a year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's why boycott works and is important mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the NFL cares about money. They make a tremendous amount of it and they will be affected if play if, um, you know, fans of their teams stop showing up, stop buying their merch, stop paying yeah. exorbitant prices for tickets because they don't agree with their policies. Right. I mean, I mean, you saw that um, Trump called for a boycott of the NFL, right? Yeah, I agree, Trump. Let's boycott the let's NFL. Let's do it. Yeah. Trump, but like, let's be clear why we're boycotting the NFL. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like, why Donald, so Donald Trump is boy- wants to boycott the NFL. Yes, he wrote a tweet about well, it. Well, he's stupid, and he probably doesn't know why he wants to boycott the NFL. Your president is stupid, Laverne. So that that so that they could fight, fire the people who are um, protesting. He says, if they, if you, if you boycott the NFL, then the owners will be forced to fire those that are protesting. Okay, but then you have less players. That doesn't make any sense. Freedom of speech. But hold on now. So, like, we're defending Colin Kaepernick's rights to kneel and these other players' rights to kneel. What if next season, I don't know, maybe Tom Brady decides to kneel during national anthem because he thinks that black people have too many opportunities? I just, I just literally had so many negative things to say about Tom Brady. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. I mean, are we? we, does he have a right to kneel then? To for what? For so that black people can stop going to his kids' schools. I mean, like, look, you have the right. Like when we're talking about the First Amendment, you have the right Everybody to not be prosecuted, right. right, for speaking your out, thoughts, right, like yeah. for for using mm-hmm. your voice. And so, sure, I mean, like they, what the NFL chooses to do, I don't know what right they have to right. like allow it or not. Um, but at the end of the day, you have the right to not be prosecuted for it. But I think at the end of the day, like he's not going to be at the same like held to the same standard as Colin Kaepernick. I mean, obviously, they're very different types of players, and, you know, yeah. like, that's a whole other discussion. But I think that white players are less at risk than players of color, and so we need to be supporting those who are at the most risk of being kicked off teams for really? taking a stand or a knee. Because there was a kick on the Minnesota Vikings, a white kicker, who was, like, very active in the pro-LGBTQ movement. He donated to it. He helped with the campaign to legalize same-sex marriage in New York. And he got cut from his team. Oh, that's true. That's that. true. That's true. Yeah. Like there, and or Michael Sam. I mean, he wasn't white, but he was a black guy. Yeah. He came out the closet, and all of a sudden, he came out the league too. Right. Yeah. He, right. He went to the draft. That's true. You know. Listen, money is power, and we have to understand that uh, all this black and white talk is great, but green is is what runs our yeah. country, and so. I believe in economic power. So if you want to be able to be who you are, then 
maybe <laughs> this is going to sound really terrible, but maybe other leagues uh, <laughs> aren't so bad. Yeah, maybe you know, create create your own league. Shoot, go to the CFL. Let's go back to the Negro League. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's. But like, here's my, my I guess the last question for this conversation. Then, should we make our own league? Is that even feasible? What about women's leagues? I wonder if oh, we yeah, would let's see. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if we would see sort of the same issues. I don't know. I mean, I probably wouldn't watch women's football if it was like all white women. Then yes, probably, if they were but naked issue. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, but that's something that's like not even considered. Is like integrating sports. Oh god, integrating sports like women playing football with men. Yeah, with, yeah, but no. they have the new ba- they have the new basketball league, it Tiny is. and Master P. Well, ba- integrated basketball, yes, it's a little different. Football, football no. might be different. Like the, the not- body. Imagine, imagine someone with less body fat than me, which is very easy to have, <laughs> but and and bigger than me. Hitting you at full speed. Why would I be on a football team? Like, <laughs> you're just, like imagine a woman They're that was women. built like an athlete. Like, look at women athletes that are built All really right, so strong. Imagine like Venus Williams versus, I don't know, Ray Lewis in his prime. He will demolish her. But don't you think there's like you could change the rules so that it, the game is played differently? <laughs> I'm not. No, you're no, laughing no, at this, no. but I'm saying like I history right, will what, prove me right. What rule? <laughs> okay, baseball. Yes. A basketball, yeah, football is just a tricky one, just because yeah. of, of the of the physicality of it. That's all. Yeah. I I think I know you. It like it doesn't even occur to you that this could possibly happen, but what rules would they in change? In fifty exactly? years, Stanley. <laughs> in fifty years, maybe it's touch football and that's oh. <laughs> flag football. <laughs> flag football. I mean, listen, it seems ridiculous, but I think it's ridiculous that like women aren't considered athletes. I think that there's I want to see a woman get dunked on by LeBron. <laughs> you want to see women get dunked on Le- Or a woman dunking on LeBron. Yeah. Amazing. Why? Why you, not? You, because you think that this is Your true because you, is have no, you have nothing to compare it to because women athletes don't exist in most sports the way that male athletes yeah, do. Yeah, because they, so like in WNBA. You're talking the way people used to talk about black people. I want you to know that. And, no, and you're I'm saying not. it. Yes, you're you saying are. it because there's nothing to compare it to because right. there, don't, there aren't the leagues. No, but even then, the WNBA doesn't get the funding that the NBA right. gets. It doesn't get the attention and it's not even televised. Women's, it is televised actually on a Lifetime channel. Uh, exactly. <laughs> like, I you know, like, hate <laughs> everything about you. Right I'm just saying, you're saying that it's there's no way time. it could never happen, blah, 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 blah. Because you have nothing to compare it to because women don't have the same opportunity as men to. Women's softball. Men's it's baseball. It's not women's softball. Who it's just softball. <laughs> so- who watches softball like they watch baseball? No, you no don't. Way. You are lying to my face No, right you now. don't. You are. I have never known you to be a liar, but I, you're like, you do not wait, watch women's softball like you watch softball? the Mets no, playoffs. No, well, don't they only have college? Not. Yeah, of course not. Because there's, it's not as, you don't watch it. Like, there's no comparison. Like, there's to, no comparison. to say, like, oh, it just, uh, like, whatever, their bodies are different, their but brains are so hard as big you get mad at me about that, in the WNBA, they have a smaller size basketball. They have a lower rim. They do that to us. Y'all want to, y'all want to watch. Why does that make sense for softball where there's a bigger ball? Yeah. In softball, they don't pitch from their feet. They pitch. Why not? Because they. Yeah, why not? Because that's what we're saying. What they have said. That's what we're saying. They throw underhand in softball. Women can throw overhand. We can. I, I played baseball for it. 10 years. You can. can you throw a 95 mile power fastball? Yes, I could. Wait, I can't I do trained? anything because I'm not a professional athlete yes. and I was put I in the outer up. outfield on my softball league because they made up a, a spot for me to sit on the field so I'd be away from the action because I was so bad at Jackie, it. I I'm saying that there are there there are so few opportunities women for women in sports throw a 95. that you wow. you have no idea what you're talking about. Wow. You think you see 
you're talking to me, a woman, yes. who wow. is not very physically fit, and you're yeah. like, oh, you couldn't do it. But there are women out there who are incredible athletes who don't get the same attention wow. or financial backing or mentorship from coaches with that, because wow. there's no opportunities for that. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is that women wow. and men probably shouldn't play football together. In, in the iteration of the sport that it is now, they should not. Well, the iteration of the sport that is now is a no racist, one should play, sexist, right. where you have sons. players... Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe that would solve some of the NFL's ills if we integrated women into into NFL. football. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like that. You know, it's it's rife with issues, and maybe if women were involved in the sport, I'm it wouldn't be so bad. Not thinking that that's like a legitimate thing. I, no, you're more wrong for you're more wrong for being okay with the fact that our sports that are literally the same sports that you guys play have been. It tweaked because but, but we can't as, throw no, fastballs or request. Yes, you, no. literally. You're no. literally sounding like a man supremacist, and I cannot <laughs> deal with it. I'm not even joking. No, you need to reread that very smart brothers article that black men are the white men of the black community. <gasps> I oh my god, because you are totally being a man. You know supremacist. what? I am writing a response to that in support of that article, so I am offended. <laughs> Please do. Right, Please I have a do. lot of feelings. You heard all of them. Okay, but good. <laughs> Like, it isn't like some guy was like, oh, you guys can't throw. Let me make the basketball. Why don't you know that? Were you in the room? I wasn't. Were you? Were, yeah. No, but did I know as a woman, as a woman, as the prey, because you know the history is only written by the hunter, not the prey. As the prey, I know that men force ideals on us and then turn around and say, we thought of it. Hello, birth control. Hello, uh, non-abortions. Hello, uh, we can't even, like, do things because we're so frail. I mean, I, like women, ugh. right? Like, I, I just don't, I, I think that there's like we are so ingrained, like entrenched in sexism in our yes. culture that we can't even imagine a world in which women played football. You better play Beyonce next. That's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> all right, guys, you are close. A woman so, can't even play at the Super Bowl right. without getting a eight-page letter from Rudy Giuliani <laughs> written about why she's so so ugh. awful, right? So I don't know. I, I think that you should think outside the box. Oh, you so, are cloaked in sexism today. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, <You're> burnt. <laughs> I'm gonna make this quick. Mm. Take a knee today. Mm. Stay on the knee. Support mm. Colin Kaepernick and everyone fighting for justice. We do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, I'll wrap mm. it up with some slightly good news mm. on Obamacare. <laughs> if gender non-conforming people <laughs> want to play sports, I'm just saying. I, Sorry, I just I we can't let this argument go. I I think that gender we is so stupid, <laughs> and if we're going to be dividing sports by gender, like that's it's going to be very outdated very soon. I... Anyway, go to your quickie. <laughs> go to your little quickie, man. <laughs> um, so Greg is up next with the underdog show. Um, before we get to that, I just want to do a quick quickie on. I'm really good at doing things fast because I'm a man. Um. <laughs> I want to talk about Trump care. So as you guys may have heard, um, Bill Cassidy and Lizzie Graham pushed forward another bill that would repeal the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, if you're nasty. And this bill was the worst one of them all. So while the other bills were just worse versions of Obamacare, this bill would get rid of Obamacare and Medicare and Medicaid and turn them into block grants that you would give to individual states to give out money. That sounds like it might not be a bad thing because you give states power, right? But before they did that, they would take about $26.5 off the top right away. So cut all that funding 
and then give it to states. And then they came up with this weird formula, which is hard to explain, but the best way to put it is that conservative red southern states would get the most money. And then after 2026, they would just stop giving money for health care altogether. And because they've had so much trouble getting people to support this bill, particularly Republicans who have like states where they support the Affordable Care Act, like Alaska, in Alaska, the negotiation tactic with Lisa Murkowski, the, the senator over there, was if she signs off on this bill, they'll m- make the bill in a way that Alaska gets to keep Obamacare. That is literally, cool. <laughs> that is literally like, your state will keep Obamacare. Everyone else will go away. That is literally what they did. That's the negotiating piece right there. That's how Bill This Bad is. And because right now it's bad. a That's it's how bad. Bill This Bad is? <laughs> oh, man. We got them all dyslexic <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad this bill is, <laughs> yes. I've been getting beat up in here. But anyways, so. <sighs> Male the, victims. The, <laughs> the ridiculous thing about this piece, I feel very bullied, guys. I can't tell. <laughs> the, the, one of the most ridiculous things about this bill is that they know it would take away health insurance for everyone. Family, if you're if you're in Alaska and you're making twenty five thousand dollars a year, your medical bills can go to up to thirty seven thousand dollars just for one, like just for one like operation or even just going to see your doctor. It would destroy the entire healthcare system, and almost no Republican knows what's in the actual bill. They need fifty one votes to get the bill passed through in Senate, and we know Congress will pass it straight away because Congress is full of, is full of crazy Republicans. But John McCain and Rand Paul have said they will not support the bill. So right now, they don't have the 51 votes, but they have until the end of the month to push this through with 51 votes. So until then, call your U.S. senator. In particular, call Lisa Murkowski, call Rand Paul, call John McCain, tell him to stand firm, call Susan Collins, call Marco, I don't have a backbone, Rubio, call every (laughs) single one of the state senators right now and let them know we do not want this bill. This is a crappy bill. It takes away health insurance. It takes away our opportunity to be healthy and go see a doctor when we want to, and it destroys a system that has just started to look slightly good. And with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for the conversation. If you want to hear more of the show, we are on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is, go get that. We'll be back next week with a brand new show. Maybe not me, because I got some things to do. But we'll see you then. (laughs) This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Black Beatles in the city, be back immediately to confiscate the money. Fresh ground.